I think I've lost it. No way, man, not you. Come on, you're Dalton Scott, you're the greatest. Shut the fuck up, Ike. Welcome to the Crypt Keepers Coffin. Tales from the Crypt Retrospective brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 57, Forever Ambergris. I've got it. I found it. What? Got the answer. What is it? What's the answer? In 1960, uh-huh. there was an episode of Popeye the Sailor Man. Oh my God. Okay. Titled Forever Ambergris. Oh my God. Okay. And? And that's where the similarities end. What? Sorry. I uh, is this official? Is this did did someone from Tales from the Crypt say this is where I got the name? No, that's just <laughs> me doing my research. Chuck. Oh, I want to watch that Popeye episode. I bet that has something to do with a sperm whale. I bet you Popeye's going in a sperm whale. While babysitting Sweet Pea, Popeye tells him the story of where Olive's perfume comes from. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Like the the horror story. <laughs> what a great idea for a Popeye episode. My Lord. I know. I got to watch that. Well, Ambergris. I did. I mean, did you? It's a, what is it? A uh, It's a French word or it's derived from a French word for mm-hmm. gray amber, right? That's right, Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> did you just come up with that? No. I remember you did your research. I read it the other day. <laughs> and I, let, let's just put it out here, Chuck. Yeah. You re- read it the other day, and mm-hmm. we already talked about this episode because uh-huh. this is our second attempt at recording <laughs> episodes for this week's. It's true. It's true, but uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't know that. People wouldn't know. No. Except that I'm, I already want to be done talking about this <laughs> Tales from the Crypt episode. So last time we recorded this, it, it came down that I didn't like this one, but you liked it, I think. And I did. But we both agreed that the gore was great. I had a hard time watching Sir Roger uh, do his thing, <laughs> do his, his acting Whatever he, yeah. Yeah. Whoever yeah, was his acting sh- coach is not getting paid enough. I'm Roger Daltrey, and I'm here to act in your episode of Tales from the Crypt, mate. Steve Buscemi, my mate, we became real good friends on this set. Do you think him and Steve Buscemi like had a good time on set? Or do you think it was, there was tension there? I, I, yeah, I, I'd like to think that Steve Buscemi, like he, 
you know, he's still really young. He's probably in his like late twenties, maybe in this. I bet you he was like, oh my God, I'm going to hang out with, with the lead singer of the who on this set. It's going to be so fun. I bet you within like 30 seconds, Roger Daltrey said, you know, probably didn't even look him in the eye, you know, when they right. first met, said something snotty. But, <laughs> yeah. And here's what I picture, you know, it's not whether it's been from years of him training as people, but it's not Roger's fault. It's Roger's people's fault. Yeah. That like tell everybody to keep away, but really secretly Roger knows the whole time. So if he gets called out on it, he'd be like, whoa. Why don't you let me talk to these people? I'm acting with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Using I that filter. No distractions. Get you no know, buzzards and bows. <laughs> now I don't know where I'm going with that accent. I'm spinning out of control, Chuck. Rain me in. Um, this episode, uh, this is about Roger Daltrey plays a famous wartime photographer. He made his nut doing like Vietnam, probably South America stuff. Uh, I think he mentioned the Falklands, blah, blah, blah. But he's lost his edge. He's a bit of a drunk. Uh, but he befriends the new, this new young hotshot wartime photographer in Steve Buscemi. And through this young guy, he plans his big comeback. And in a not so honest way. So the truth of it is, you know, he doesn't, as much as he's acting in the episode, you can't tell he's conniving or just an awful person. He doesn't exude yeah, like this sliminess that he ends up, you know, just capitalizing on because, because Buscemi inhales some, some bad, bad stuff and he starts melting on sight. Like he gets probably <laughs> yeah. the worst kind of dengue fever. Yeah. I don't know what he get. He's got, he's got some a bowl sort of, or something. Yeah. Germ warfare stuff. Like, but yeah. it like it doesn't just like melt your lungs; it it melts your whole body, and it's a delayed effect. Like he got back <laughs> to the tent and was yeah. like, "You wrote a letter, sent sent a package off, and was going to sleep." And then then he started melting. <laughs> I know, isn't that the worst? You just want to, you know, just let it happen during God, the waking hours. Let it, I know. Get some good sleep. Losing sleep is probably the worst. Like if something's gonna go wrong, it's it, like you just lay down to go to sleep and then. You know, you hear a, a crash in the basement or something, you know, it's the worst. Oh, yeah. It's like, right. what was that? I know. <laughs> That's why, you know, you just, you try and try and try to just hold your pee in. <laughs> yes. Even though you get less sleep overall because of it. Every time I think about whether or not to pee at night, it takes me back to when I, went to, <clears throat> to when I worked at a, a pizza shop and my boss there. He was a he was a crazy guy, but he told me that he would purposely guzzle like he was a hard drinking guy, so he was always like drinking beer. But he said mm -hmm. he would like before he go to bed, he would chug like two giant glasses of water because that's the only way he said he could wake up is if he had to pee. <laughs> oh so he would God. like purposely just like fill himself with liquid so that his body would wake wow. him up to go pee, and that's that's wow. what he used as his alarm clock. That would, I mean, that technically would work if you, you know. Not well, my body, though. I don't, I just sleep right through the pain. Yeah, you just wake up <laughs> with it and go back to sleep with it, right? Yeah. Wake up. That's what I do, too. Lay there a while. Oh, I really got to pee. Mm -hmm. But I'm good. I can hold on. <laughs> right. This is so Let me stupid. Just 
I know. Um, <laughs> but but to be able to go right back into sleep without breaking it, without getting up, turning on lights, uh-huh. checking your phone. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, I don't know if I'm that good, but yeah. But I'm better than, I, like, I know other people who just, like, at the slightest, like, urge to pee, they have to get up and go. No, no way. Not me, though. Not me. Yeah. It's like I got two little camel humps down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these guys meet each other on a on an aircraft uh, coming back from uh, their latest uh, wartime photography gig. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's clear. We get the whole rundown. Buscemi's the hot shot. Daltrey is, he's acting. <laughs> he's supposed to be a drunk. And he he's keeps drinking, acts- but he just sort of like, it's just Roger Daltrey. It looks like he's doing an interview for 60 minutes the whole time. I don't know. And yeah, so he, you know, and Steve Buscemi's like, come, you know, he's got this whole weird swinger thing. He's like, come visit me when we're home, you know, meet my girlfriend, Bobby. She's really cool. You'll like her a lot. Um, yeah. Daltrey's like, no, I don't know. But he ends up going because he has nefarious ideas about how to use his friendship with Steve Buscemi to better his sicko his uh to uh make his comeback in the photography field yeah and we get this whole like it's almost like we go to like 1972 and it's like Mm. this weird uh triangle of people in this apartment rosy lit lots of marijuana lots of red wine and uh it's just like buscemi is like he's what's he doing he's like it's almost like he's like trying to be a swinger and he like he's like right trying to he's like urging his girlfriend and daltrey to like dance and stuff and it gets it gets super awkward because he just doesn't let up with it yeah. he's just like physically assaulting daltrey until he puts his hands over all over his <laughs> lady bob his lady friend bobby yeah i mean he's he's literally just like you know i don't need to describe what he <laughs> wants to, he's just like slamming their bodies yeah. together like he's like he's a, a child in a in a in a in a bathtub playing with his toys and he's slamming the uh the two thing toys together <laughs> like he's just so desperate even though both of them aren't really into it but he's so drunk on red wine yeah. and marijuana that they just have stashed all over the house i remember getting heated the last time chuck when yeah. we recorded this exact episode last time yeah two days ago mm-hmm about you remember yeah i remember and my audio was so unusable that (laughs) but you know people just have weed just stashed in their house they got canisters Mm -hmm. they got tupperware they got little um stashes everywhere and you know i'm i can't even like the thought of me having it around is like too makes me too paranoid to even oh yeah i i'm the same way i mean i i I, I'm a, I'm amazed at the amount of times I had marijuana on me, like as a teenager. I think because my brain was stupider. Like I, I my um, paranoia hadn't uh, matured mm-hmm. yet. I was yeah. still able to like be dumb and be carefree about it. But as soon yeah. as I turned like I don't know nineteen, twenty, the paranoia hit hard. You know. Yeah. And I would get I just I I'd, I'd get high and just imagine. The authorities kicking down my door, you yeah, know, yeah, or just right. standing right outside my apartment door listening, you know, just waiting, yeah. radios in hand, 
waiting for the go signal from the the team leader to kick down the door. Right. Because the team leader has like a mic, like he needs to see you actually puffing. Yes. And that's when it's go time. Yeah. They got to They, they got to catch they me in the proof. act. Yeah. <laughs> and then they can, then they can start confiscating and ransacking your house. Uh-huh. Like that's their number one priority is to start going through the stuff in oh, your yeah. house to yeah, find yeah. your stash. Right. Uh, what do they call and that? That's oh. why. What's that law they have now where they can just like take anything you own if you, you are a drug dealer or, or in possession. Rico? Is that it? Rico? This sounds familiar from yeah. The Sopranos. It's bad news. Yeah. So yeah, weed man, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there's so much weed being. I I think they were going for a record. The amount of weed they smoked in this episode. I like if I had seen this when it came out. Like I don't think I was really conscious of what marijuana was yet. I don't think I would have known. I probably would have just thought they were smoking cigarettes. To be honest. Mm. Yeah. I'm always shocked when I see weed in movies, like in the from the 80s and stuff. Uh, maybe it's because I just didn't know what it was then. So when I yeah. see it, I'm like, oh, weird. I didn't realize they were like depicting this. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I understood it. But if you would have asked me, I mean, I could, I'd still give you the answer now that I would then. How do you get it? I don't know. You know, I, I, I would never, I would never know, but, but I knew what it was. Yeah. Definitely. I think like my friends, I mean, my friends, I would specifically go over my friend's house and sleep there because his dad was just like a party animal and he'd be at his friend's house. Yeah. So he'd just leave us alone all night long while his, you know, because his dad it's was out best. of the house partying. Yeah. And we would, you know, God knows we would like put a mattress on the stairs and slide down the stairs on the mattress oh, and God, we'd yeah. order pizza late and we'd watch Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Constantly. I had a situation like that. Uh, yeah. Where my friend, my like best friend's parents or her, his mom, I think she had a boyfriend and she was just gone at his place all the time. And it was like miles and miles away. Yeah. So that just like almost every night we basically just had a house. <laughs> yes. Yes. My God. <laughs> and Chuck. it was just insanity. Like we were just, right. and it was like prime, like we're getting into get, you know, we're starting to drink, starting to smoke and yeah, you know, right. <laughs> some other stuff, but <laughs> and then like the mom comes home and be like, you know, you gotta, you better, then she like scold you, like probably scold the son, but never really do anything about it because she still had her priorities, right? Yeah, like, I don't you know. know. It, like, sh- I never ever saw her like get upset about anything that happened, and but, nice. and she seemed like a very responsible adult, but I think she just like, I don't know, she just like turned the other cheek. Maybe it was just like willful ignorance, just like I'm not gonna yeah. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's easy. I mean, I'm as, as long as they're now, going to school, I guess. <laughs> I know, gonna... right? As a parent now, you know, God, just <laughs> anything to not have to like need my attention for a good chunk of yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Play your iPad or do yeah. whatever. At least it's iPad right now, and not in a couple years. It, who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be uh, hanging out with Roger Daltrey types. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and then I got to worry about where their friendships lie. You know, their true intentions. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's this, it's a gross party scene. Uh, and we end up back in, I I think we're somewhere in the South American jungle with a group of mercenaries and Daltrey tricks Buscemi into going to this place that was attacked, uh, with some sort of chemical germ warfare weapon. And 
Yeah. You know, they're talking about like, oh, this is like Pulitzer Prize. You know, you get photos of this. It's a can't lose. So he basically tricks uh, his buddy into going down there alone. And he comes back and he starts melting Dale. And, uh, you know, short of it, Roger Daltrey steals his film that he shot and uh, uh, gives it to, who's the guy who plays their like boss, their photography guy? Who is that guy? He's amazing. Yeah, he was He was Paul somebody Dooley. who, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, he's been so much stuff. He was the unsung hero in this. Oh, he's like the dad in, um, he's in the dad in Breaking Away. That's where I know him from. Oh, yeah. Bicycle movie. Right. And speaking of um, Popeye, he was wimpy in Robert Altman's oh, Popeye God. movie. <laughs> One of the weirdest movies to have ever been made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like an accident. It's like it had to be have been an accident for that movie to get made. It's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. So he he steals the glory and he's and he even even after he watches Bashami melt, he goes to steal his girlfriend Bobby. Yeah. Who was Bobby was like very loyal to to Bashemi. Like she was like that was the one thing during that weird swinger scene. Cause Daltrey was just hanging around while like Bushemi and Bobby have sex in the other room and he's just like looking through the cracks in the door being weird. <laughs> yeah, he was, that's, take your cue, dude. Just bounce. Yeah, Go. Hike. Nobody's waiting for you to say goodbye. No. Just leave. No. Just do everybody a favor and don't make it weird. <laughs> but no, he's gazing, he's leering mm-hmm. upon a naked Bobby. And she knows he's watching too. That was the other weird thing. But she was, gr- she was, uh, I, I forget how we worded it last time when we did this, but she was like, she wasn't like taking orders from anybody. She was like, she was sort of like caught in this weird triangle, but she was like, no, I'm not, you know, I love mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. You watch out for him. I'm not going to sleep with you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Like her character was kind of cool. Cause like she knew that Daltrey was gazing, but yeah. she was going to let it happen again. She was cool about it. Not raising a stink because mm-hmm. she knew, you know, he's like the idol of Buscemi. Mm-hmm. But she like set him straight. She's like, "Look, fucking don't." Yeah, real pull talk. That shit. Yeah, like look me in the eye. <laughs> I know what you, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like I, I you know, I'm glad Busemi looks up to you, so I'm not gonna mess that up. <laughs> yeah, she was real cool, like super monogamous, and you know, she just had this cool attitude, Bobby. Bobby, you know, and uh, yeah, but our boy gets melted. Daltrey comes back uh, and, you know, there's, I don't know, Bobby, she's like, she's like playing a part, but she's like, hey, I got a letter from one of your, uh, the guys in the gorilla outfit or the mercenary outfit <laughs> saying all the stuff I, you, you basically killed my boyfriend, <laughs> but I didn't believe him. <laughs> but I didn't believe him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then they do the deed uh, and then we see like fluids going through weird giant veins in her back while she's on top of uh, the who's Roger Daltrey <laughs> and then just blood just starts pouring off of her onto Roger Daltrey yeah uh, he, he throws her off she's I think she's dead and he, he freaks out runs to the, the bathroom he's trying to wash off all this blood because it's diseased germ warfare blood right um, and then we get the money shot his nose falls off right into the sink 
flops <laughs> off. Yeah. I mean, and we get, and then he, he just loses it. Yeah. We get that. just a beautiful shot of the, the it pans up from the nose in the sink you know, uh, to the, you look into the mirror and he's there with a nice empty triangle, bloody triangle on his, on yeah. his face there. It's pretty great. He screams. And then he screams like <laughs> Baba O'Reilly screams. And, uh, <laughs> do you think he turned then, to the director and said, should I scream like, yeah, he's like, please Raj, we need this. Okay. <laughs> this is why we're all here. This is why you're here. There's like 50 people on set standing around yeah. waiting for him to do it. <laughs> they got their, uh, copies of, um, Who's next for him to sign after yeah. the shot's done? Oh my God. That, and that's why he needs people. Yeah. He needs people to uh, show him away. How about when he looked like a yuppie? He was like yuppie when he came back because he had all this Pulitzer Prize money. And oh, that's like, right. His sport jacket he, he, on. He like slick back to ponytail and stuff. Yeah. Uh, how about all the headbands exactly. he, was, he was wearing in this? Yeah. I wonder if that was his, that picture of that being like his choice. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't see, I don't know. Like, I don't know the, uh, the wartime, this was like really deep into like (laughs) the miasma of, of wartime photographer nerd stuff. (laughs) Cause like Buscemi was like, Oh, I had your pictures up on my wall, you know, as a kid. It's like, really? You had like Vietnam war death pictures in your bedroom. It's so weird. (laughs) They brought up like the, the, uh, the Buddhist monk who set himself on fire in Vietnam and like apparently Daughtry was there taking pictures. (laughs) It was like, wow, he was nine years old having this. That would have been great if they, they like airbrushed Roger Daughtry into the background of that photo and showed it. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be so funny. Yeah. Like they took a, like a picture of him at like at Woodstock. So it was like the same year. <laughs> oh man, that's too good thinking about that. <laughs> only love can make it rain. What's your favorite Who album, Dale? Oh boy. If you had to throw one on, what's the one you grab? Oh gosh, I don't even know. Who's next, I think. Who's next? Albums. That's the one where they're they're peeing on the uh cement thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to I, argue with. It's a lot of hits on there. Yeah. I mean, for Bob O'Reilly alone, Behind mm-hmm. Blue Eyes won't get fooled again. Good grief. What about you? I think I I think I like a quick one, which is like uh Oh. Oh yeah. From 66. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Okay. Yeah. I think just like for just a quick one while he's away alone. I love that song. It's like 10 minutes. Oh, it's got so sad about us. Oh, so sad about us. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, I think I prefer their like not their early, early stuff, but the like like after Magic Bus that stuff. I like that middle yeah. period before they did um, Quadrophenia. I never Quad or not not Quadrophenia. Um, what's the other rock opera they did? The first one, Tommy. Tommy. I never liked Tw- Tommy, and I never liked Quadrophenia. Never got it. I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, but this, yeah, the, I, I get what you're saying. This mid '60s stuff, yeah. where it's like poppy, rocky kind of, yeah. where they're just like experimenting stuff. You know, getting yeah. out of the R and B, but you know, 
doing weird stuff like boris the spider what a weird oh. dumb song i love that song yeah, boris, the, boris the spider is like all-timer man yeah. i love that song so much god boris the spider and happy is this, what is happy jack is that uh happy jack a version of the album with an altered track listing was released under the name happy jack in 67 in the united states where the song happy jack was a top 40 hit so it's kind of like the same album but slightly different oh the the who sell outs also that's a good one too that's the one yeah that's a good one those weird ads like the giant can of baked beans Oh, man. All right. We got to wrap it up. This is not the Who cast. No, it's not. It is the Tales from the Crypt cast, which we definitely covered two times now. Yeah, I think we've covered it to death. And we're about out of out of uh, uh, tape here. So, Dale, tell me what we're talking about next week. Next week, Season 5, Episode 4, Food for Thought, A Psychic Clown and Part-Time Cook <laughs> Who Abuses His Assistant and Wife learns that she is having an affair with a fire eater and plans to run off with him. Man, we had a whole bit last time about that show <laughs> description. Uh, I yeah. just, and it still hit me. It hit me exactly the same. It's just like shock. Every word is like a new reveal. Uh, you just don't know what it what it's going to be at the end, you know? Oh my God. You should, we should just, we should, from now on, you should read that description every single week. Um, (laughs) I can read it with different inflections too and put the commas in different places and it turns into a whole different new (laughs) story happy viewer for Food for Thought by T. Beerum one of the worst episodes of Tales from the Crypt the acting (laughs) is bad the story is bad the characters are bad and is not even trying to be scary I like Tales from the Crypt and there are some great episodes but this is most certainly one of the worst. Holy crap. Hey, man, chill out. I, like, huh? That's just mean. Yeah. T. T. Beerum. <laughs> T. Beerum. We're going to, we're going to be next week, Chuck, we're going to be weighing in on her, Ernie Hudson's um, hmm. role in this ourselves. And we're not going to yeah. listen to T. T. Beerum. We're going to be weighing in and bring you our thoughts. So oh, yeah. stay tuned for next week. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fresh. We're coming in fresh. We're coming in fresh and not, you know, completely flabbergasted and exhausted that we have to do this <laughs> a second time. And that's fine. All right, Dale. I'm going to eat an airhead mm-hmm. so we can uh, do mm-hmm. the next thing we got to do. Supercharge. Love you. Love you.
from the crypt. The Salucci goes with us. But you run into anything, you lay chili. And you get back here, Didi Mao. Hey, I'll be cool. I'll shoot him with this. <laughs>